Hi, Doug. Hi, Karen. How are you? We're hanging in. We're it is month 47 of the pandemic. Or so it feels. <laughs> it definitely feels that way. But hey, good hey. news. We are on season five, episode one, Living with Disaster. What a fucking relief. Starting a new chapter. Hopefully you can see some light peeking through. I was, uh, yeah, here we are on season five. I was so happy with this episode. And I will tell you, like, I know that the bar is very low. Uh-huh. Okay from season four but this episode made me so happy I felt like when I was watching it it kind of whizzed by I wasn't like constantly pausing the you know pausing computer pausing the screen to sort of see how much you know how much more time I had left that I had to like you know sit through how long my punishment was like it was just it was it it moved at a clip even the storylines that I'm sick of because they've carried over from season five right like I feel like we had enough new stuff that kept me um that kept me interested um so you can already feel like the winds of change Yes, I feel I feel there is a weight lifting. There's a weight lifting. Wonderful. And Lisa Rinna was there and that was extraordinary. Okay, and I have uh, not changed a bit and looks completely different. Is that <laughs> weird? Um no, because I was gonna say with an entirely different face twenty years ago. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's the same face, just different. <laughs> That's right. It is a different it is a different face. It's puffier. It's pulled a little bit more. Anyway, um, that was a delight to see her. And we also have, what's his name back? Um, which uh, I, uh, back and new. Rob Estes in new. a new role. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Rob Estes in a new role, which I think is hilarious. Um, but yet, yeah, it was good to see him too. And I had actually completely forgotten that they showed up on Melrose Place as a married couple. Yeah, that's right. They are, um, starting in Boston. So we yes. don't get much yet of Rob, but we do have plenty, or at least a decent amount, of, of, of the Rinna. La, I'm going to call her La Rinna. I think La Rinna is perfect for her. So um, so where should we start? Where should we kick off? We could talk about our, I suppose, main storyline, which is the what's happening with the newlywed Amanda and Peter. Yes. Okay, great. So um, what happened? Well, Peter's still in jail. And our Cliffy, our Cliffy last last episode or, or at the season end was Amanda finding out that Peter was not who he who who he said he was. That is correct. Um. So. So we basically pick off there with uh, was it Officer White? I forget his name. Um, Wiley, Detective Wiley. Um, is still in Amanda's doorway, um, and he goes that. Peter has been lying about his name for years. Um, he's really Peter Howell. Yes. But now in this episode, we are going to dig deeper into who this Peter, you know, real Peter, fake Peter, Peter Howe. Was it Howell or Howell? Howell? I think it's Howell. Howell. Oh, Howell, like Thurston. Um, like Thurston. So, yeah. So Howell, Peter Howell. We're going to find out who Peter Howell really is so this necessitates amanda getting on a plane and going to kansas city that's right yeah there's one scene i think right she stops she stops by kimberly's room kimberly is still comatose right. michael is continuing to hold vigil i guess he's working still at the hospital and then 
when he's not in surgery, he's at her bedside. Yeah, and he's wearing Amanda scrubs. Comes in. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. wearing and he scrubs. And he looks tired. Yeah, and he looks haggard, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Amanda comes in, he goes, I know you don't care. You don't. You just want to see if she's awake and can be Peter's alibi. And she goes, well, I'm telling you, I'm leaving town. I'm going to Kansas City for a few days. I'll tell you why later. Right, and then off she goes, boom, to Kansas City. Did you notice it looked like her rental car in Kansas City was a Ford Taurus? I did. It's like a, it's like a green, dark green kind of aqua. I don't know, kind of thing. I did notice that. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Well, because I was like, it was such an unamanda car. Well, I figured it's a rental car. She's probably not going to rent an Audi or something. Yeah, but still, it was a very unamanda car. And then she gets out, and she's like very beige. She's like at this whole yes. like whitey beige yeah, outfit, got, and it kind of matches her blonde she, hair. She's got like a blazer and slack, right? Right, yeah. It's a like very, a very like cream colored monochrome thing. Yeah, and, it, and like her hair matched. It was very strange. But hey, look, it's Amanda. She's in Kansas City. She wants answers. She and she actually gets them. Mhm. So she shows up to Peter's dead. Oh wait. She doesn't know about the dead wife until the cop showed up. We didn't even talk about that. Because, so... Is, we forgot to mention that. I'm sorry, guys. Is this, I didn't is there a scene in the station first? No, I think that... Oh, oh, maybe she did go so to the Dr. station we, to sort of, like, confront him up, about that. Yeah, That's we right. pick up with Dr. Wiley. Um, and then... There's a scene where Dr. Wiley goes and tells Peter that he told Amanda, and he goes from being really smug to freaking out. And I think, has Amanda already been to the station between then? Uh, yes, she has, yeah, because okay. uh, because she shows up to the station to talk to the detective to basically say, I want to know what you know about his past. And so the detective tells her and basically lays it on her that Peter had a wife, and this wife died. And Peter was the one that killed her. And so he was a wanted man in uh, Missouri. Kansas City, yeah. Kansas City, Missouri. And he skipped town and that and moved to LA. And that's when he took on the um he took on the the, the new identity. The new identity, thank you. The the identity of, of Peter Burns, Dr. Peter Burns. So um I was wondering Remember when we first met Peter, oh, way back in what, season one? Three. Season no, three? no, no, no. It just two? feels like it was that long. It was season three. Okay, season three, and and Jasmine Guy came with him, and they, like, duped Amanda, and they did all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, yeah. How come he, and then he ended up, like, going to jail or something in wherever yep. he was? Like, he how was from he... a north, like, a Midwestern Chicago, state. Chicago, like, I think it was. I was, like no, that. I think it was, like, a... Like a Wisconsin, Michigan type place, maybe Michigan. Yeah. Okay, so how come he didn't get caught? Yeah, none of it makes sense because they have completely retconned his past. Yeah. Okay. So it, okay. So I'm not the, crazy. The entire series only works if you do not remember anything. Okay. Amnesia. Amnesia. Amnesia storyline on the block. We all, we have to have amnesia. Uh, yet again. Yet again. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up. So Amanda finds out about the dead wife. So she gets on the airplane. She goes to Kansas City, drives a Taurus, wears lots of beige, and she goes to meet the dead wife's mom. Correct. 
His former mother-in-law. His former mother-in-law. And um, at first, she kind of doesn't want to talk to Amanda. And then she, well, like... Well, no, she's like, I don't want to get involved with this at all. Please leave. Yeah, and which... Amanda, like, forces her way. She blocks the door. Kind of doesn't make sense. Because then, like, the next scene, the mom's, like, got a whole tea service out for Amanda. Yes, and it sounds like they have already sat and talked for a bit before the mom is even like, so let me tell you a bit about my daughter. But I want to put a pin in that because, well, there's two things I want to bring up. The heavier one is, you know who this actress is. Do you remember? I do. Yeah. Among I other don't. things, so she was a favorite character actress of mine named B.B. Besh. She, among other things, is the mother-in-law to be in Who's That Girl? She is? She's Wendy Worthington's mom. Really? Maybe now I'm not you remembering Wendy Worthington's mom. Well, she's wearing a, a brown wig here. Her hair was typically blonde and then just sort of like old lady light when she was in her later years. Um, but yes, Bebe Besh, one of my favorite of all the character actresses. And there's more. Sadly, she died two days before this episode aired in September of 19. No. I actually really? remember finding it out the day I watched this episode that she had died. It was what, kind of odd. What did they do? The, one of those in memoriams or it was just. No, just I, I feel like I heard. How, either I read it in a newspaper. I saw it on entertainment tonight, something like that. But it was the same day that the episode aired. So they you know, have probably reported the death. Right. took a day or two for me to hear, and it just oddly happened to be that day. Also, do you know who her daughter is? No. Well, you do know who her daughter is, actually, because it's the actress Samantha Mathis. Oh, my God! So, yeah. Really? Connecting yeah, with I Holly knew Sam. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, alrighty then. Look at that. Yeah, so, you know, to our listeners who may or may not know... Pump Up the Volume, Little Women, um, The Thing Called Love. I can probably think of a few other uh, big movies from that era. Um, girlfriend or yeah, girlfriend, yes. what he yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She was a big deal, Samantha Mathis. I was, yeah. I was a huge and Samantha a really Mathis. Good actress. Fan. I was a huge yeah, Samantha I was too. I really thought she was one of the best of that that generation mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And then she just um, kind of went away. Yeah, she did. Although she's done some more TV work and some more theater, as you are aware. As I know, yes. Uh, in the last decade or so. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that she kind of like uh, like cocooned a bit because of Ren- River Phoenix's death, if that's what I'm remembering. I, I think that, that could be. Yeah. We'll never know, but that's my guess. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, wow, thank you so much. It's trivia time. It's what I'm here for. Literally, sometimes it feels like that's all I'm here on this world for. But hey, you know what? We need that. Well, happy to provide. So, okay, one other thing that is much smaller in the scope of things. I don't know if you saw this. There's behind, um, I think her name is Beth. Beth's mom and Amanda, as they're talking, are several photos. It's like the wedding photo of Peter, whatever his last name was, and Beth. There's also an Earth Day drawing. It's like it's like a kindergartner's rendering of the globe that is also like perched right behind them. I'm like, what is this fake art that they I have? I did not notice that. Again, me with the details. Okay. 
I did not notice that. Um, what we do find out, however, is that poor Peter's uh, wife, uh, they were so in love. She got cancer. It was, it was terminal. She um, and aggressive and she got very, very, very sick and very, very, very weak. And um, Peter basically cavorted her is what they thought. That's, that's what they thought. And then there was the, the father or father-in-law who was also now dead brought, as she says, the full weight of the law against Peter, which is why Peter fled. And I guess never found out anything else about what may have happened after he left town. Again, a very different Peter than the one who came to Melrose Place two years ago, with a very right. different background and personality. So, um, so, so they find after, after the father dies, um, she, the mom finds a diary or a journal in a bunch of her dead daughter's things. And it basically, the, uh, the daughter planned, plotted out, like wrote this journal entry that said, I am going to take my own life. And so Peter appears, can't bring himself to do it. Yes. And Peter can't bring himself to do it. He loves her too much. Therefore, she is going to do it herself to put everybody in, including her, out of her misery. And so it looks like Peter was exonerated, but he never knew that because he ran. Right. Now, so, in a way, it's just a really sad story. And I was kind of wondering why they put this in there now. Like, why they give... Peter this new background, why they give Peter a kind of particularly sad story. Kind Which... of, like, why okay, so he's in trouble now and he's in jail. And But we've got, I mean, you know, the flip side of this, which we haven't talked about, is that he ends up in the newspaper. Correct. And That's where we're it, going next. You know, and so he, he ends up in, like, the national newspaper on the cover of the Boston Globe, and Lisa... Larina and uh, her, yeah. <laughs> her husband Kyle, right? Kyle, why, why can't Kyle. I? Kyle, I, I have such a hard time remembering his name. Um, are at the restaurant that they own in Boston, and she sees, you know, she, she sees the cover of the Globe, and she's like, "Oh, Peter!" And then all of a sudden, she's like, "I'm going to LA. Bye." So we have some sort of secret connection that we haven't figured right. out yet That's between right. Larina and Peter, and how does that connect with Missouri? Does it even? Will well, it? that's that's really the big initial mystery of the season, which is what is her connection? So I won't spoil it for you. I, I'll let you watch, and you may or may not be able to figure it out very soon. Um, well, what there, I figured is this is Melrose Place. There is no connection. There's a connection. There is a connection. Okay, because the only thing I was thinking was there is no connection to this, and Melrose Place is just going to be like, bye, later. Like, Missouri storyline, gone. But that's not what um, happens. No, that's not exactly what happens. Um, oh, exactly but, what happens. So something like that does happen. No, but I do think... I, I, they make a connection. I just don't think the Missouri stuff lasts for very long in like our, our memory in the show. Okay. All right. Because it just was uh, yes. sort of feeling like another one of those storylines that, like, they didn't need. It's kind of extraneous. 
Um, I know. I actually think it works, and that's sort of what they do in daytime a lot. Is they like go out of the city where the show takes place, carve out some backstory, and then there are other people that are somehow connected, and that's how they bring them into the show. Okay. That's essentially what they're doing. Now, could they have also just had, you know, Beth be from Boston all along, and you know, Amanda shows up in Boston, and that's somehow enough to to also like bring about this connection there might have also been a way to do that i don't okay. know well, no i was just kind of wondering did we need to have the like couldn't lisa couldn't larina show up as a person from his past without all of this extraneous stuff happening you know with like the story like like i mean the, sure you you could have because once once you learn like her whole reason for being and the backstory, there's any kind of different way that she could have just shown up the way everyone else just shows up. Right, because he would have been on the cover of the newspaper regardless, because he's he's wanted for murder, you know. So, um, right, he did. I don't even remember what he's he wanted, wanted for Bobby Parisi's murder. Bobby Parisi's murder. Thank you. I'm like I don't even remember who he killed. Because potentially the Parisis are world famous. Right. World, world famous mobsters. Like yeah. Yeah, world famous mob. So that's the other thing. If Peter killed a mob, like the son of a mobster, wouldn't he have a like a contract out on him? Well, given that the father disowned him the last time we saw Bobby and his dad, that's the only reason why I can think they wouldn't. Yeah, but I mean, it becomes like a point of pride, right? You can't kill anybody in my family, even if I'm not talking to them, right? Because as far as like mafia thinking goes, wouldn't it show a sign of weakness if somebody killed the son, like the only living son, and like they allowed the killer to like continue to breathe? I'm spoiler alert, not part of La Casa Nostra. I don't know for sure. That makes sense, right? Even if they disowned him, it's still like, you hurt my son, blah, blah, blah. The only thing I'll go with is he disowned Bobby and the writers forgot. Okay, I guess I guess that's what happened because, spoiler alert, I am Cosa Nostra, and yeah, I, there's a there should be memory there. Yeah. No, in all but, seriousness, in all seriousness, my great grandfather was in the mob. Oh, I didn't think you made it up. You know, we've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of New Jersey, which is like, I don't know, mob adjacent. Right, um, it is mob adjacent. So I feel like I know more than any than I ever did before. <laughs> yeah, but my mom, I'm not from New Jersey. I only lived there for a little while. Well, you know, they, they don't have a Real Housewives of Rhode Island. So no, they don't. I, so I can't get any mob access through there. Um, okay. So, um, so just just a bit more. Um, Larina and Rob Estes are living together in Boston. He's a chef. They own a restaurant together. And she sees Peter's headline, um, and it like immediately reminds her that there is some sort of connection. And she's gonna go to LA. So she immediately tells Kyle. She goes, um, you know, I'm gonna go to LA for a couple days. And then she says, I'm gonna go right now. He's like, Are you serious? Right now? the middle of the day and she goes well you know i haven't been very happy and a lot of that's your fault so yes i'm gonna go right now yeah. so we will also find out a bit more of that backstory as well but yes right. 
Taylor then sets out for Los Angeles. Well, Amanda is uh, on her way back from Kansas City. Yes. And so we do have, briefly, Matt, who does tie into this storyline. So we should probably, right? He shows up for just, like, two scenes, correct? Yeah, he's in there very early, right? Isn't he also in the scene with Michael by Kimberly's bedside? Oh, yeah, he is. And Michael says he's, and Michael, like, basically is like, you're a jerk. Well, he's like, you don't look good either. You know, like. But however bad Amanda thinks Michael looks, uh, Michael says to Matt, like, you really don't look good. Something like that. Because remember, Matt is on speed. Yeah, Matt is on speed, and he's all sweaty. Yeah. Um, But then we see him again. And uh, coming back into Melrose, he's stopping by getting mail, just as Amanda is getting her mail on her way back from Kansas City. Uh, But Um, Amanda is not getting her mail. She's actually getting Joe's mail. Well, it could be... (laughs) It could be she's getting her mail, but she sees that there's three days of mail accumulated by Joe. And that's when we get our explanation. That's when we find out that Joe has indeed flown the coop. She's gone to Bosnia to be with Dr. Feelgood. And yeah, she's um, doing photojournalism yeah, there or something. Yeah. Photographing Doctors Without Borders. It's very noble. It's actually the perfect Joe job. Um, and I just think it's hilarious that we got absolutely no closure with that one at the end of last season. Because when we left Joe last season, she was standing in the airport crying because she had let the man of her dreams go. That's right. That was our last Zuniga sighting. Yep. So anyway, she is definitely dumped. She's in Bosnia. Um, And so Matt's the one that breaks the news to Amanda. Amanda's all pissed off. And she's like, well, I'm keeping her security deposit. I'm like, she needs that in Bosnia. Um, And and she's very sort of, you know, angry about this. And now she's got a clean out the apartment who's going to clean out her stuff and Matt's like I'll take care of it I'm going to send it to her I don't know why he's going to send it to her in Bosnia but there you go and then he's and then she says well then I've got to rent it out and Matt's like well how about I do that too so like Matt is like a, went through medical school in about five minutes became a resident and is now also managing the apartment complex uh yeah basically okay. Okay, because, like, he needed something else on his plate, too. But I guess when you are a speed demon, you're fine. You can type. Yeah, it seems Yeah, it seems to have not caught up to him right now. Seems to be doing okay, to, regardless of how he looks. I'm starting to consider, like, maybe I've been doing this all wrong, and I should be taking some No, numbers. maybe keep watching, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, so he is clearing out the apartment, uh, Joe's apartment, um, and Larina arrives and she is asking questions about Amanda. Oh, because we forgot the part where Lisa Rena went to the police station because she wanted to visit Peter. Yes. And gives a lot of attitude to Detective Wiley. A whole lot of attitude. Like he thought Amanda was bad. Woo-wee. Taylor is terrible. So, um, but she manages to get Amanda's name out of the detective because he says something like his, you know, Peter's wife, Amanda Woodward. And so that's how Taylor is able to track down Amanda. And she goes to Melrose Place, runs into Matt and says, yeah, Nancy Drew that she is. I know. Is this Amanda Woodward's building? And Matt's like, why? Yes. Yes, it is. Why? And she's like, well, I had been told that this is a really nice building and I need to check it out. And oh, there happened to be an apartment available. And Matt's like, well. 
actually, and she's like, I'd love to see it. My husband and I need to get away. We need to start over again. So apparently Joe had a two bedroom. Who knew? Did we know that? I think we talked about it before because I had thought she had a one bedroom and the bathroom was her dark room. But I think later on we knew she did have a two bedroom. Yeah, it's for some reason it's still always a surprise. Um, and I had uh, a similar. Uh, I had to ask myself similarly that about Jane's apartment, which we'll get to. Yes, that is also a question. Um, so yeah, um, so 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 she's like, "Can I give you my deposit now?" And Matt's like, "Okay, like this is like the easiest job he's ever had." And he's just like, yes, okay. So now now we have new people on the block. I'm very curious how she's going to get her husband out there considering they have, like, I don't know, a whole business in Boston. Their whole life and their whole business, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Well, this show's never big on the details, so don't expect too much of an explanation. But, yeah, I, Matt does – she does kind of pique his curiosity the way she keeps, like, throwing Amanda Woodward's name around. He's like, do you know her? And she's like, uh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, sure I do. So, I mean, to be continued, because I, I think that's that's the last time we saw of her. We just know that she is about to sign a lease, um, and she is going to move into Miller's place. Yep. So, to be continued, we'll see very much uh, more of them next week. Right. And um, I, I think, was that also it for Amanda, or does she, she go? No, okay, so there is one final scene when Amanda again visits Peter in the station. Right. Oh, that's right. Um, and she confronts him and she says, I went to, you know, I went to Missouri. I talked to your, your, you know, your wife's mom. You're, she said, this happened. You're exonerated. And Peter drops a new bombshell and he's like, that's not true. I did kill my wife. Yeah. It's a little whiplash inducing. And it's like, all right, this is one too many, but wait, there's more kind of thing. Right. And so, um, you know, Amanda's just kind of standing there shocked, and there we go. Yeah, if I were Amanda, I'd just be pissed. I'd be like, Ugh, what now? I know, like, you know, I guess, I don't know, she, I guess she doesn't want to testify against him, but I know, she, I'd be like, I want to divorce you. I mean, yes, it, I, I know she supposedly loves him, but how much is too much, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, especially considering what he did with her, you know, to, to her with Jasmine Guy, and now this, like, like, Amanda, he's, he might not be a good guy. He might not be a yeah, stand-up guy. Yeah, your guy's not a good guy, Amanda. He's not a good guy. Not a good guy. How many chances are you going to give him? See, okay, this is where I'm starting to sort of say, okay, writers, you're doing Amanda a disservice. Because this is, this is, this is like Joe shit. Yeah, Amanda is right now extending her supreme loyalty uh, too far. Like yeah. this is the part. This is the part where Amanda should start getting impatient, yeah, and pissed. Yeah, yeah, because you know Amanda doesn't suffer fools, and yet she is suffering Peter. She is suffering Peter. And this was after the whole Jasmine guy thing. So like already he had like you know definitely three strikes there, and then she like lets him back in, and then he like you know breaks up her and Bobby, who is supposed to be the true love of her life. Then he kills the true love. You know, like, he keeps doing all of these terrible things to her, you know, even though it's sort of like he says it, it's because I love you, you know. But, well, not the whole Jasmine Guy thing, but since then. And and it's not right, and he keeps fucking with her life. And 
you know, Amanda is the type of person that would be like, you know, smack him in the head and say, move on. Uh, but she's not doing it. She's she's being very Joe-like in this instance. She is. Um, and I don't think it will last forever, but I think it lasts a bit longer. Okay, She's go. very much standing by her man right now, which is like, good on you, but your guy sucks. Yeah, your guy kind of sucks right now. So, to be continued there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Where are we going next? Um, I, I guess we do Jake Allison Billet. Yeah, so basically, um, where we so, left off so last Jake, time. So Jake went over to Allison's when Allison was supposed to be on her way to that fancy dinner with Billy, and she and Jake spent the night and she stood Billy. <laughs> yes. So and, now we are the morning after. Yeah, it's the morning after. There are repercussions. Billy's knocking on Allison's door. He's like, why'd you stand me up? And he's all mad. And she's like, I just couldn't do it. Something came up. I had a headache, whatever the hell she was saying. And, um, and meanwhile, you know, like Jake is cowering in the bedroom um, because remember, they don't want to hurt Billy's feelings. Um, and so I mean, Allison's like, okay, well, I'll have dinner with you tonight then. And then that kind of shuts him up and gets him to go away. For now, yeah. For now, for now. And then Jake has that moment of, I hate sneaking around. We shouldn't lie to him. And, and Allison's like, we have to right now. This is like, this is what we have to do. He can't know yet. Yeah. I mean, so basically the whole push-pull between like Allison and, and, and Billy and Jake is like, Allison and Jake are together. They're keeping it a secret from Billy. Billy's still a jerk. Yeah, Billy's still a jerk, and really, like, a clueless jerk. He cannot yeah. read the room. Not yeah. not even that, like, oh, he has to know that you now Jake and Allison have a thing going on. Just in general, he's an idiot. Because that dinner, instead of a fancy dinner, Allison ends up meeting him at Mel's drive-in, so it's like a real, you know, like, burger joint, diner, fries, all that. Um, and he keeps giving her all the reasons why he thinks they should be together, still wants them to get married. He says he kept believing they belong together, he kept believing in her, and he never lost the faith. And she's not, not having it. No, she's not, nor should she. Because did you know that he was like, he was like listing all these things, like through yes. what your father did to you, through your alcoholism, through Haley, yes. I still loved you, but he never mentioned Brooke. That's, yeah, I was doing the list too. And he was like naming all the obstacles. And then she's like, having faith is not marrying someone else. And he's like, duh. Yeah. And, exactly and so, so then she, but he's like, but I want to marry you. And she's like, forget you. And she gets up and leaves. And he's like, don't you walk away from me. So I'm not really sure how much he has learned yet. Right. And then there was that one point where he, like, is at Shooters and he's getting drunk because I guess this is after this. And it's like, Allison won't marry me. And, you know, and so, you know, Jake is just giving him booze. And he's like, she's better than waitressing here. She she could have been, you know, we could have ruled the world at D&D if she was still worked there. Like, He's like really like putting her down. And I think she, he even put her down like her job to like to to her, not even to Yeah, Jake. I think he's now done this a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it's really shitty and it's kind of like, "Oh my god, Billy, just 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 go away. Just go away." But, you know, meanwhile through all this, um Jake and Allison are falling in love, which is just bizarre because Jake was just in love with Jane. Yeah, funny how that works. I know, it's whiplashy. But yeah, there is a funny scene of the three of the Jake and Allison walking drunk Billy home. 
and he's, you know, he's going, yeah, you, we're, we're the whole McGillah. Like, it's actually fun drunk acting from Andrew Shu, who's, like, better at acting, you know, dumb Trump. than he is at acting, you know, yeah. functional. Or just, yeah, or just acting, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did use the word the whole McGillow, which I was like, oh, my God. And I was kind of wondering, did that come from the writers, or was that him improv Oh, you know, I assumed it was written that way, but, like, he'd either ask for a scene where he could play drunk and be funny, or, like, they'd seen him do it in real life, and were like, we know he can get this done, something like that. Right. Anyway, but, I mean, if he's if he's ad living, then good on everyone because no one else seems to break as he's doing it. <laughs> so what else we got there? I mean, I think that we're. I feel well, the like only we're... I think the only other thing is, um, you know, they have another conversation where Jake and Allison are talking about how they really are falling for each other, and they better be sure it's worth the pain it's going to cause before they tell everyone that, like, the least expected couple is now a couple um and allison's like we should really keep it a secret and like like they'll really sort of get off on the secrecy it'll be their thing for a while oh really so so they're not going to come clean about this for a really long time i mean a really long time in melrose land could be an episode so that's true but the point is they are deliberately keeping it a secret so it's a secret which means it's going to have to backfire in some way Right. Okay. And I think that was it. Okay. So I, I'm I'm a Jallison. I don't know what we call them, but um, are, I ship. Are you not a shipping couple, Jake and Allison? I, I ship them. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, How long? How long do they stay together? Do they stay together through the whole season, or are we like gonna boomerang with them too? No, they're together through the season it, with with obstacles. Oh, well, that's kind of good. It'd be nice to see those two settle down a little bit. But I, I agree. I think that there is something really nice in that relationship there that sort of seems to work. There's there's something uh, a bit more mature to them than almost all of the other relationships uh, I feel like we have on this show that are really, you know, zany and frantic. Um, and I appreciate that. Yes, I do, too. They're kind of like, I mean, they're kind, I, I feel like they're taking over the role that Michael and Jane were supposed to have at the, the beginning of beginning, those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where they were supposed to be the grown-up ones. They were because they were slightly older and they were like, you know, the old married people and, you know, so there was something there there was there was something there um that they were supposed to be older and wiser. And that never turned out to be the case. Right. With very <laughs> very different direction. Yes. Yes. Oh, you know, so I thought we had one more story. We have two. But I think we can talk very quickly about what's left of Michael and Kimberly. Oh, yes. I completely forgot about that. Now, Michael and Kimberly both were kind of shafted in this episode, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do with a comatose character. So Kimberly didn't have much more to do than I thought. But Michael, at her bedside, has this reverie where he, like, you know, you're supposed to talk to people in comas. Um, so he, like, tells her an abridged version of their history, like it's the great love story of all time. Um, and we get a little silent montage to support it while he narrates it. And, you know, we see them, like, being in love, and we see, you know, a lot of sexy time. You know, they leave out a lot of the times when they tried to kill each other. Yes, they did leave Maybe. that part out. Um, 
and it works because Kimberly stirs awake. And so then Michael is able to, like, you know, say, hey, I love you. We have to talk about Peter. And she's like, yes, of course, I'll, I can be his alibi. So Peter goes and gets Detective Wiley. Um, keep in mind, this scene happens, uh, like, amid all the scenes at the end of the episode, when it's a very dark and stormy and thundery, lightning-y night. Yes, um, that's right. But we—that's really there for the um for the, the Jane what's, what's story. Remains, but yeah. yeah, but well, yeah. But Michael but anyway. has gone to get the detective instead of just calling the detective and staying with Kimberly. So Michael and the detective come back, and guess what? Kimberly is gone. Kimberly <sighs> Funny how that happens. Yourself out. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Now, where did she go? Because, you know, there was a thing where Michael was kind of pushing her when she woke up. Oh, could you please? We, I need Peter. I was. I loved how he, like, all of a sudden cared about Peter. But he was like, I need Peter to come back to work. The office is going to hell in a yeah. handbasket. You know, so that was sort of like, okay, Peter, come back to work. Um, and so he's like, I, so I need you to talk to the police. And Kimberly looks very uncomfortable. Um, and then, and says, sure, honey. And then she disappears. So, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for more. Yes. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. She's if missing. Man see me, I guess, though. I don't think anyone ever really tells him. No. So, so, um, yeah. So, so okay. Yeah. Now we're back where we started. We're back to the beginning of the episode where right where we left off at the end of that terrible season finale. Uh, yes. Um, where we left off, it was they buried Richard and his hand came up through the ground. Right. Where that's right. Up, where we pick up, it is Richard and he has found a way to climb his way out of the plastic tarp under the ground where they buried him gasping for air holding his neck, but but Richard seems to be very much alive. Yes, so Richard never died. Nope. So even though I guess they didn't check his pulse good enough? Yeah, I guess I guess Sid nailed him over the head that one time, and they're like, I think he's dead. And he and, wasn't dead. <laughs> and he wasn't dead. And he rose from the dead. He, he rose from the dead. Yes, he did. So, um, meanwhile, Jane is having a crisis of conscience about what had happened. Jane is really freaking out. Yeah. It, it has to be the straw man. Yeah. So, poor Sid, who's the one that actually had to do the deed when she didn't want to, because um, Jane put herself in a situation to kill. Of course, in fairness, Sid did take the bullets out of the gun, as you might recall, um, but you know, Jane was then not able to actually... That's that's right, but either way, presumably, Jane would be doing the same thing, because if Jane did kill Richard, and they had to dispose of the body because she had, you know, shot him, she still probably would have come apart, because either yeah. way, Richard is dead, and Jane can't handle it. Yes, so um, Jane definitely can't handle the dead Richard thing. So, um, so, d- for... so Jane starts thinking she's seeing things now. That, that, yeah. So the first time is um, she goes to the office and she, suddenly there's uh, 
the back of the chair is to the audience, and we see a brunette with, you know, gook in his hair. Um, and Jane is like, is that Richard? And it really seems like, oh, Richard is going to be back in the office. But he turns around, and it's Billy. It's Billy. Uh, that he is, sitting in yeah. Richard's chair. Apparently Richard had reached out about Billy working on an advertising campaign for them. Um, Billy shows up, and Richard isn't there, so Billy was just going to sit in his office forever, I guess. I guess that's um, how it works, yes. So then Jane, trying to play out this ploy, um, says, oh, I haven't seen or heard from Richard. I'm worried. Do you mind coming to his house with me? So he drives Jane to the house where they notice that Richard's car is not in the driveway. Um, obviously, that seems normal to Billy. If Richard isn't at work, then maybe he's home and his car should be there. But Jane right. knows, you know, or, or excuse me, the reverse. Then, like... Of course, if Richard's out somewhere, his car is with him. But Jane knows the reverse. And then they go inside, and there are these dark footprints that stop midway across the hallway carpet. Yes, the muddy footprints. Yeah. And Jane is now freaked out and wants to get out of the apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, which I guess kind of made sense, but I kind of couldn't figure out where she was going with this, except that, like, why would there be muddy footprints? But then again, she wasn't, it, she never went in the house when she killed him. All of that happened outside. So for all she knows, he could have had muddy footprints in her house, in the house. Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. Yeah, so she's just, like, overreacting. It's weird, but if you're actually worried then wouldn't you knock on every door of the house before you just leave? But but no, it makes her worried, and so she doesn't want to have Billy see more than he should, so they leave. Yes. So, um, and then after they leave, Michael, uh, Michael, oh my God, um, what's his name? Richard comes out of hiding. Yeah, he's, um, and he's like, I guess come out of the shower. He's in a bathrobe, and he's got a towel against the back of his head. And the towel is fairly bloody. Yeah, for somebody who spent the night in a grave and came out and, I guess, walked home and, like, why is he still bleeding? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that is is one of my big questions. How did you get all the way home? Yeah, if you're bleeding that heavily, like, why aren't you in the hospital? Like, how did you get home? Apparently, he's, like, superhuman. Yeah, I mean, this is very much before Uber, so I don't know. Um, But... But yeah, so we see him, he's got this, I guess, devilish grin on, like he's effing with Jane. Yeah. Um, and and Sid is trying to reason things out with Jane. I think this is in the boutique and new Sid's roommate, a new employee. fucking hero. Okay, can we just can yeah. we just go there? Sid is just a fucking hero. I'll always agree. I mean, she's a fucking trooper. I you know, and Jane is doing her no favors. Yeah, it really, Jane is dragging her down. Yeah, Jane is totally dragging her down. Um, and and it's just being so... Bleh. Like, she's just being terrible. She's being <laughs> truly, truly terrible about, you know, the, this, was her, her, this was her stupid idea. And then she's, like, you know, like, pointing the finger at Sid and saying stuff like, you killed him. You know? I mean, come on, Jane, stop. It was your idea. Yeah. Bad character, bad plot. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and and Sid is like basically like snap out of it, Jane, or you're gonna get us both arrested. <laughs> yeah, Sid's like he is dead. There's an explanation for everything. You need to calm down. 
Yeah. And that's when Sam is moving into the apartment and, like, knocks down a shovel that's been placed by someone right in front of the doorway. Yeah. And that's um, the shovel that is the quote-unquote murder weapon. Um, so, of course, they freak out again, but, you know, Sid is more rational than Jane. And I think the next scene is at the boutique when Jane is calling the cops to further the story along. Sam comes in again and drops the bag and it's got the leather coat or the whatever, the long coat that, that they were wearing. Um, so now Jane has a new theory, which is that Sid herself is gaslighting her. And that Sid is trying to put all the blame on Jane. Again, Sid's like, Jane, you need to calm down. She's like, there, you know, there are plenty of conspiracies out there. Oliver Stone has made a career out yeah, of it. Yeah, I and love that she named Chekhov. I love that one, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and again, she, she talks Jane off the ledge. And we see them again in that last segment when it's, they're at Shooters, um, when it's Thunderbolt and Lightning, very, very frightening. Um, because... They've called Jane the missing persons bureau or whatever that, like, they've ruled out. They've made some ruling about his disappearance, right? Yeah, like, he's, he's, he, they, they think that he's basically just, like, taken off. He's left. Not like he's that just, there's been foul play, that he is just gone somewhere. Yeah, like, he's just said, fuck it, fuck this life, I'm moving on, I'm going to Mexico, I'm doing this other yeah. thing, and I'm just going to disappear from my creditors, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so they're at Shooters, basically, like, having white wine and toasting this, and now all of a sudden, Jane's kind of got her bravado back. Finally, yeah. She yeah. feels good again. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is all happening while it's, like, a dark and stormy night outside. Yeah, very. Um, so, okay, they toast, go back home. Jane is getting ready for bed. Sam is now her roommate. She's fully moved in. Um, and... And in Jane's room, the first thing she knows is that her windows are wide open. She goes, oh, I guess I must have done that this morning. She closes the windows. She gets into bed. And then she feels something on her legs. And she pulls back, turns on the light, pulls back the curtain, the, the blanket. And there's a big mound of dirt with a cross on it. <laughs> I mean, this is like a really elaborate thing Torment. that Richard is pulling yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's very, very elaborate. Very sleeping with the enemy. Very elaborate. Um, so, all right. Now, Jane knows she's no longer just been paranoid. Someone is out to get her, and maybe it's actually Richard. Oh, no. Um, and then it does cut to, in the pouring rain, Richard standing right outside her bedroom window, which... Wouldn't you leave? Wouldn't you try and not be at the scene of the breaking and entering? But, but whatever. So um, here, I, was I have one complaint here. Okay. But go ahead. Go ahead. I had, I, I was having deja vu. I felt like we've been here before. Wasn't there a storyline where somebody else was like, so, like, an, like somebody else was gaslighting another, another character? in like an earlier episode where it was like they were they like came back from the dead or or am I like wasn't there something like that um Kimberly was kind of doing that right when she comes back from the fake dead okay okay she was doing it to Michael okay because I like it just kind of rang like 
haven't we been here before, but with a different But it character. didn't last very long. There was like one or two scenes where she was kind of in a place where he could see her, and then she actually does show up to the apartment and, and reveals herself to him. Right. Also, okay. though, it's like it's raining and spooky. Yes. Okay. All right. That was, I just couldn't. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Your complaint. Um, um, this is how the episode should have, this storyline in the episode should have worked. Um, we should not actually see Richard or know that he is alive until that last reveal at the very end of the episode for it to be effective. You have to keep raising the stakes. So they pick up from the cliffhanger and we see Richard coming out of the grave, the makeshift grave at the beginning of this episode. And then we see him again. We already know he's alive. We know he's messing with her. For this to really work, there has to be something that the audience knows that learns in addition to the character learning. So it has to either be, we don't see Richard alive till the end of this episode, or Jane actually sees Richard alive, us having already known he's alive, or something. like. It has to be something more, because we don't get anything more between that first scene and that last scene, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. But I guess they just really wanted to have, like, a hand coming up from the grave. I think they wanted, yeah. They wanted to have, like, if anything, like, have the hand come out of the grave and then at the beginning of this episode see the abandoned grave, know that somebody has risen from it somehow. And then we see him at the end. Something like that. Okay, so you think that, that, that it, it, it still could have worked with the hand coming out of the grave as long as we didn't keep seeing Richard over and over again throughout Basically, the episode. yes. Somehow, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just wondering if maybe the idea was just not to, like, show the grave at all. We think he's dead, but then all of a sudden, like, all this weird shit is happening, and then we see him at the very, at the very end of the episode. No. So, like, let's say we had that first scene at the beginning in the cold open. We just see an empty grave. No Richard. Then we have that scene with the footprints but we don't see Richard coming out of the bedroom. Right. And then we don't see Richard again in this episode until that last scene. Until and that then, last scene. You know, because there's at least a little bit of suspense on the audience's part. Is Jane right? Is Richard really dead? Is someone else messing with her? Should we not be trusting Sid as well? Yeah. A little bit that, of doubt. That yeah. could have, I mean, they, they, you could have sowed the doubt with Sid, like, so much better because, I mean, like, let's face it, this is something that Sid would do to Jane, right? Like, she would, you know, fuck with Jane this way. Or, yeah. you know, maybe not, but you you wouldn't put it past her, right? Um, no, so it is too possible, easy. Yeah. yeah, like, it is, it is a little too, like, it's just, you because she can just say, no, it's not, and yeah. we believe her because, obviously, we know Richard's still alive. Right. So, Yeah. So anyway, that that was kind of a bummer. And like I said, this was one of the storylines where I was like, uh, you know, like the carryover, like, OK, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to put up with this a little bit, a little while longer. But I mean, I guess the creep factor is kind of cool. I think it's I mean, they're having fun and playing it way over the top. Yeah. So, you know, like it's fun. I also know that like. Well, it's continuing. It's not going to last forever. So it's right. like, all right, let's see this through. And, and we on. do get more said, yeah, more than we've yeah, had of yeah. her in a while. And so that's always, like, super fun. So what, can we talk about this? It's Samantha, right, this character? Yeah. So right now she feels very extraneous. No, they will um, entwine her more. Okay. And um, I have to say, she is my least favorite character in the whole series. I hate her. And does Jane have a two-bedroom? No, or she's sleeping on the futon. 
I think Jane now does have a two-bedroom, and I think Sam has her own bedroom in it. And I'm not sure if that was always the case. No, it wasn't, because remember when Sid would stay with them? She'd, she'd have to sleep on the, on the pull-out couch. That's what I mean. Yeah, when I yeah. said not sure, I was pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, okay, I was, just, I was just wondering about that. But, yeah, like, right now I'm kind of, like, wondering, what's the point of Sam? Why is she living with Jane? Why can't she get her own place? What the hell is going on? And she just seems kind of bland. She is bland, and I hate this character, but she will be, like, worked into the fabric of the stories fairly soon. Okay. But she, she get, sucks. Did she get her own place? No. Oh, all right. She didn't raid her own apartment. Nah. All right. So, anyway, things are looking up on Melrose Place, I feel, for us viewers, anyway. Yeah. New, yeah, turning over a new leaf, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, definitely better than last season. I mean, you know, not like the bar is set really high there, but um, but this was a relief um, that we're going into season five way stronger um, than, like, season four, like, ever was. Yeah, um, the only other thing I would say is if Peter's arrest made, inter made national headlines... The bombing of Melrose Place probably would have, too. Mm. Yeah, you would think. Like, any number of things that Kimberly did probably would have. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Is that you falling asleep? That is me falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, we better go hit Hollywood Boulevard. We better race on over. Yeah, Hollywood. we're going to race on over, um, where we're talking a lot of streaming stuff. Um because, I mean, that's about all there is, right, uh, at the moment. Um, but, yeah, did you guys enjoy Season 5? Are you digging it? Are you, th are you like, so psyched to be out of Season 4 and into Season 5 like I am, like Doug is, like we are? Let us know. At, also, um, if, yeah. if anyone has any connections to La Reno, we would love to get her on this. So that is our goal. We love her. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on Back on the Block Pod on Facebook and um, give us five stars on iTunes. We don't ask for much. Nope, we don't. All right, we will see you guys. In the meantime, yeah. take care. Yeah, and then we'll see you next week on the block. Bye. Bye. <laughs>